Last week I forgot to set a timer, and uh, I know we don't, we don't necessarily follow an agenda or schedule. We're open to Holy Spirit, um, but let me just say, how many would like to at least eat supper tonight? Okay, that being the case, let's set a timer just to keep us on track a little bit so you're not here the next four and a half hours. So um, it's just a guide for me to be like, okay, I know their attention spans are not 78 minutes, so let's go ahead and uh, set something here. Okay, plus sometimes Holy Spirit, he doesn't need a ton of time to work, he'll just work. So how many believe that? Kind of uh, learned that, that we don't have to tarry for, for gifts, for healings, for salvation. They're free, they're available to us, they're open. And, uh, but how many enjoyed those baptisms? Awesome, man. Talk about power and the celebration when they came out. No more chains. I like that. I don't, I don't want any more shame or bondage or, or chains. And uh, I like that. And man, Josh and uh, Whitney, you guys, this is awesome. What a way to, to, to start back from the COVID. Amen? All right. So I'm, uh, I'm going to speak on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. All right. So we're in a three-week series. If you've uh, first week with us. Go back last week. There was a foundation laid of um, of who Holy Spirit is, and uh, and I know we didn't. We actually guys were going crazy back there trying to get the live stream going. So they're on board now. Uh, people at home and stuff. Uh, but we started our service, or if you came in late, we started our service with prayer. And uh, here's here's what I fully believe. We are living in some really difficult times right now. There's some issues going on. Uh, there's there's some injustices that happened. And, uh, and in some of those injustices, you know, I, the officer who, who was a part of that in Minneapolis is being charged with murder, rightfully so. But there are injustices, there are issues going on, but the answer is Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, just we can't lump everybody in as racist or we can't lump every police officer in as corrupt and bad. That's not the case. There is bad, there is evil in our nation, there is division in our nation, there are issues in our nation. The government's not the answer. All right, medical field is not the answer. It helps. These things help. They help our nation function properly. So we don't want to get out of this realm of like we don't need any of that. But but the greatest fulfillment of peace and the only true source of peace and hope is Jesus. And that's the fact. So we started that off in prayer. So we don't want to go to one extreme. We also don't want to go to the other extreme. All right? So I just say we're rooted and grounded in what? Love. We're rooted and grounded in love. My mentor came here and spoke that message. But So if you missed out, we prayed. We started the service with prayer. Um, I believe that's the answer. And as you go through your week this week, and we woke up and, and found out last night or this morning that more cities that were, were getting violent, more cities are having fires and protests and, and, and violent protests. That is not the answer to repay evil with evil. That is not the solution. So just begin to lift them up in prayer, those decision makers, those cities. Um, but here we are in Pentecost Sunday, and I believe there's a fulfillment that's happening here of the promise of God still today that when he left and he, he ascended to be with the Father, he promised to leave us his Holy Spirit. All right? So, so many churches leave out even speaking on Holy Spirit or even talking about Holy Spirit because it gets uncomfortable and there's some things attached to Holy Spirit that people may have not experienced. So they just leave that part out of, out of their teachings in their church. Okay. I don't know about you, but for me, though, this is the absolute truth. All right? This is the inspired word of God. This is God. 
So, so if we just leave out a part just because we're uncomfortable, we're doing an injustice as believers as presenting the whole truth and the gospel and his goodness and his invitations and his lifestyle and the third part of the Godhead. So we talked about God the Father, Jesus the Son, and Holy Spirit. So last week there was a foundational truth laid that, that the signs and wonders that many people get scared about are prophecy or, or tongues or interpretation of tongues or all of these things that tend to sometimes even get abused or even overpowered or, or overemphasized are actually a fruit and effect, a, a, a symptom, a, a, a fulfillment of who Holy Spirit is. Jesus modeled being filled with the Holy Spirit. And we, we said that Holy Spirit just wasn't this mystical realm that poof showed up after Jesus um, was resurrected and, or ascended or, or died even. No, it says that Genesis 1-2, Holy Spirit was hovering over the earth from the beginning of time. Holy Spirit was here. And then we, it goes into the next couple of verses that let us make man in whose image? Our image. So the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit were always together, always here from the beginning of time, from the beginning of creation for all of eternity. So as we get into this, you first, like the, the signs and the wonders and, and these manifestations, these giftings and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and prophecy and tongues and, and gift of wisdom and faith, all of these things that we're going to talk about today first come from an indwelling a spirit in us. Okay, otherwise it's not a gift of Holy Spirit. I can't operate in a realm of which something I, I don't have. Freely I receive, freely I give, and I can't give something I don't have. I can't walk in those giftings if I don't have Holy Spirit. So that's a foundational principle that, that tongues in itself is not salvation. Tongues is a sign of Holy Spirit dwelling in you, filling you up as an edification, okay? And there's different types of tongues. We're going to talk about that. So we're going to get super educational. Um, I grew up different than many of you. You grew up different than me. So we're going to try to summarize where Upper Room is on this. And we want to be the full embodiment of who Christ wants us to be and operate in these gifts, Huh? I, I don't want just part of the Bible. I don't want just like, okay, Jesus, you only part, died part of the way, so just forgive part of my sins. No, I, I want it all, and if it's in here, I want to experience healing. I want to witness prophecy for the edifying ex exhortation and comforting and uplifting of the body. I want to experience tongues. Tongues is a prayer language and tongues being interpreted to strengthen the body. I want to walk in these things because if it's in here, I don't know about you, but I want it. And I'm not going to avoid it just because I've maybe not experienced that gift or that one may have been abused as I was growing up or, or this one looks weird when it's being used. And I'll be honest, I've been in many, many, many church services, some here where there's a gift of tongues in operation, there's interpretation. If you're not used to that, it can look a little different. I won't say strange because this should be perfect theology. This should be normal. We should, Jesus was perfect theology. He demonstrated who Holy Spirit was on earth. And raising the dead should not be this crazy phenomenon that never happens. Jesus became a demonstration. Healing deaf ears and, and blind eyes should not be this weird thing. And when it happens, was that the devil? No, Jesus is that powerful. Holy Spirit is that powerful that he promises these things. He promises signs and wonders and gifts and healings and manifestations and all the fullness of who Christ is embodied inside us and operated with Holy Spirit. So we're going to go into week two here, and uh, it's, it's just fun. It's Pentecost Sunday. So 
a good portion of churches today will be talking about this. A good portion of them will avoid it and not want to touch it. That's just not who we are. If it's in the Bible, we're going to preach on it. If it's not, we're going to leave it go. And uh, there's many things that are going around in the world right now that aren't in the Bible. We're not going to twist something or manipulate something. And, and I think that's the problem with some things, especially as, as televangelism got powerful and popular. It began to be used, or there's commercials late at night, buy this prayer cloth. Send us this money and we'll give you this anointing oil or this water or this prayer cloth. And you too will be healed just of a simple gift of $1,000. That's manipulation of God's beautiful love gifts that were given to us. Prophecy and the way to manipulate people to give you something is absolutely not the heart of who God was when he was giving us these gifts. Prophecy is to edify, to strengthen, to encourage, not to fulfill my self-agenda or build my popularity or give me something or manipulate money. That was never the heart of prophecy or any gift that the Lord was pouring out and giving to us as love gifts because he loves us. Let me just say this. Christianity operating with gifts is way more fun than not. I went a good portion of my life becoming an atheist. All right, And uh, there's a lot of things that were abused and a lot of things that I took the wrong way. I became an atheist and I lived a life without God. Then I allowed God in my life, but I didn't want any gifts. I had become a cessationist, which meant all of that, healings, all of that. Nope, that ceased when the apostles left, or there's different, different views with that. But anyway, so then I lived a life with Christ, but without any gifts or manifestations. And, and now, I'm like, I saw, I witnessed a few. It opened up my eyes, like, whoa, that stuff really does exist. I wasn't even, like, trying for that. God, you're so amazing. You know, begin to pray for people, and these, these, these amazing miracles begin to happen. So now, all of a sudden, I'm like, okay... Done. I won't question you anymore. Everything that's in the word, I'm going to believe, and I'm actually going to prove it right rather than try to prove it wrong. That's a lot of ministers and a lot of people who may not have experienced the healing or experienced tongues or experienced the, the, the truth or the, the inner value of prophecy. They may not have experienced it, so they want to prove it wrong and preach against it or just, not, or, or just try to avoid it. That's not who we are. So today we're going to get into this, and, and I'm just, if you're a new believer, just saturate this up again. I want to prove it right if it's in the word rather than try to prove it wrong and be like, well, that was for that time. I don't know about you, but the word does say that he is the same yesterday, today, and when? Forever. He doesn't change based on culture or who's there. or His word doesn't change. Delivery system might. We've got cameras now. We've got a different delivery system. You change language. When Jesus was with around farmers, he would use stories and parables around farmers or tax collectors or different things. His language would change, but the gospel, the word would never change. These things didn't die. Healing didn't die. Signs and wonders and, and, and spiritual gifts didn't die. Jesus is alive. His gifts, his, his bride, his, his body is alive. Amen? Amen? So let's get into it. So Acts 1 and 2. We're going to just talk about Pentecost and, and what it is and, and, and what it's about. This excites me because I grew up with a heavy, heavy emphasis on Pentecost and on tongues, and on a lot of these gifts, and a lot of the outpouring of what, what the day of Pentecost really was. I grew up with that as a main emphasis. Then I, I, I went the far other extreme, totally away from that. Now back to, man, this is beautiful, this is amazing, what a gift, what an opportunity. You don't necessarily have to do this, you get to be a part of this. You get to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? 
So, so this is an opportunity. It's an invitation. And, and if you walk in a gift and somebody doesn't, there's no shame. There's no, it's not this thing to say, well, I prophesy and you don't, so uh, sorry about your luck. You're terrible and you suck. No, that's, that's not what it's about. It's not, these, these things, these gifts of the Spirit are not heaven or hell things. They're not, they're not this thing to where, well, I'm better than you. No, so it's this amazing opportunity that you have an invitation. It says he'll pour out a spirit on all flesh. So everybody gets to partake in the Holy Spirit. And then it talks about the gifts. And, and Steve preached a great message a, a year ago on Pentecost Sunday and, and just talking about the different gifts and, and the word cherish and charismatic, where it came from, grace gifts, these grace realms that were operating in grace. And uh, never should it be a thing of inferiority or superiority or these, like, I, I just want to offer it to you today as an invitation to fulfill life with Christ. So we get into Acts 1 here, and here's what happens. So uh, first, I want to backtrack just a little bit and uh, read from, uh, it's Luke. Let's see here. It's the last verse in Luke. Let me get there. I usually have markers. I think one fell out. My daughter handed it to me. She's like, Dad, this fell out. I was like, oh, that's where it fell from. Matter of fact, we'll just put that right back. Okay. It says this, Luke um, 24, verse 40. Um, let's start in 46. It says, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent, for those who repent. There's forgiveness of sins. Christ in me, all right? Holy Spirit in me. Now we're going to begin talking here in a little bit of, of Holy Spirit upon me. So are, you are witnesses of all these things. Verse 40. Um, nine. It says, And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with the power from heaven. And this is an awesome thing that happens. So, so he's saying, go, go in the upper room and wait, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You'll receive power. So we get to Acts 1, and uh, here's, here's where we're at. I'm going to kind of skip around in Acts 1 and 2, uh, laying the foundation. And we'll just present a few things allow God to give us some, and uh, go eat lunch. How's that sound? And live a better life than we came here. So Acts 1-4 goes, it says this, Once he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, promise, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We also recall, um, and I believe it's uh, Matthew 3.11, I'll, I'll get to it, uh, where it says that John the Baptist baptized for repentance, but somebody's coming greater than I will baptize with spirit and fire. Okay, so then we move on, verse 6. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Listen, the Holy Spirit, there's, there's three amazing things. It gives you power. We get to walk in his presence, and there's also purpose. Okay, so we get to walk with power. We get to abide in his presence when Holy Spirit comes upon us, and we get purpose. I talked about Holy Spirit in a sailboat, and without wind, a sailboat goes nowhere, has no purpose. 
And many times, spirit, the ruach breath of God, uh, oftentimes, or pneuma, uh, oftentimes references the same breath that went into Adam's lungs is the same breath referenced in Holy Spirit and the same wind that came through on the day of Pentecost. So the ruach breath of God that breathed life into Adam and gave him purpose in life is the same breath that swept through in the same spirit realm that gets to abide in us. So, so now all of a sudden, this sailboat has purpose because the wind blows and now the sailboat has a purpose. So anyway, we get through this here, and, and we're saying that he says, you will have a voice, you will tell everybody about me, and, and everywhere you go, purpose. So we move on to Acts 2. So he's saying, go. Well, has the time come yet? I'll tell you when it comes. Now, and when it comes, you'll have power that comes upon you. So Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place, or some of us uh, old King James people, in one mind and one accord. Right, Dad? <laughs> Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, you're talking to the disciples. They had Christ in their hearts. They knew him as Messiah. So the Holy Spirit was in them. Now he's coming upon them to give them power. So it says, and its tongues appeared and, and set on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability or utterance. Gave them the ability or utterance. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came uh, running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they explained. And they, these people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking all of our native languages. Now, I want to I just take a time out for a moment, because there's this amazing thing that, that happened in, in Genesis. And, and Jesus was saying in Genesis 1, he says, let us make man in our image. And then we get to Genesis 11, and the people are saying, let us make a tower so that we can be famous. And what happened was, so then the, the Lord confused everybody with different languages that we now reference as the Tower of Babel. So now we get to this place, and now because God invites us into a family, the Lord invites us with this loving, kind, amazing heart into a family to where now, okay, there's not going to be confusion. I'm now going to unite you again, speaking in different languages that all will understand. Have you ever made that connection? Because we took things in our own hand, we wanted fame rather than relationship. God wants relationship rather than fame. And he now unites us back together, speaking different languages to one language. So let's continue on here. All right? So we get to verse, uh, looks like 11. And it, at the middle of it says, And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, They're drunk, that's all. So Peter, he begins to speak this message, and he says, No, we're not drunk. It's, it's, it's basically nine in the morning. We're not drunk. We're, we're drunk on the new wine. This is the Holy Spirit. He begins to speak this message. In verse 17, he says this, and uh, this message is all in Acts 2. It says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He's referencing Joel 2 that prophesied this. And then it goes, Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Everybody say, Prophecy isn't scary. It is supposed to be the love language of God to exhort, comfort, and uplift. 
So it says, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy, and I will cause wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire, clouds and smoke. Now he preaches this, this message, and then we get to the end of it. All right? And I want to just focus and fast forward to verse 38. Acts 2, 38. Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn from God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Had two do that today. That was amazing. And then it says, Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, your children, and those far away, all who have been called by the Lord God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time. Much longer than I. <laughs> Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from his crooked generation. Now, he preached forever, and people weren't leaving. More people were coming. Here's what happens. Those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000. Now, man, that'd be amazing. I just preach for several hours, and then people start coming in. Signs and wonders start happening. This big phenomena happened with the Holy Spirit being poured out, and boom, thousands of people added to the church in that single day. That's the power of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit doesn't push people away. He draws people in. His intention isn't to scare people and make this weird and kooky. His, his intention is to make it powerful and intimate and amazing for every believer to be drawn into closer intimacy with the Father, to be drawn into a, an empowered lifestyle with Him like Jesus lived on the earth. So then we, we fast forward to verse 43. Actually, let's go to 42. All the believers devote... Now, here's the powerful thing about family. The Holy Spirit in us is for us and the Father and us and Jesus, us to have this relationship. Holy Spirit upon us is for others. All right, there's, there's power, there's presence, and there's purpose in the Holy Spirit. So all of a sudden, now they're empowered with the presence of God, living with Holy Spirit, and now they have purpose. So they actually come together as a family, and Acts 2 and 42 talks about them selling everything, then coming together. And it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, community, loving one another, not talking about each other behind their backs, not being in discord, not sowing discord, not gossiping. No, actually truly being in love, in fellowship, a family. And it says this, into sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, into prayer. Okay, then it goes on. A deep sense of awe came over them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Isn't that fun? Wow, this happens Thousands are added. Let's, let's have community. Let's do this thing together. Let's give ourselves and devote ourselves to each other in the Lord. And now we're going to see signs and wonders. And, and it says, And all the believers met together in one place, shared everything they had. We could talk about tithes, or we could just say, Sell it all and give it to the church. Your pick. <laughs> they sold their property and possessions and shared their money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple every day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper. Now listen, we, we only meet like once or twice a week, okay? Don't whine about it if we're here an extra 30 minutes today because of a lot going on. <laughs> they met every day in the temple and house to house sharing in the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great what? Joy and generosity. They happy people. How many believe that like if Holy Spirit's in you, that you should like be happy? Yeah, in his presence is the fullness of what? Joy. 
It's okay to laugh and have a party in church and cheer and go crazy when somebody gets baptized or worship and praise. Like, it's okay to lift your hands and clap and shout. Like, that's okay. Let me just let you in on this. David danced with all of his might before the Lord so much he danced out of his ephod, his clothes. He danced so vigorously because he was so excited about the Lord, he danced naked almost. Like, that's the sense of excitement. Now, please, please, like, like tighten those belts, fellas. We, ain't nobody want to see that in this place. But it's okay to have emotion. It's okay. Like, the Bible talks about a fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. A fiery prayer of a righteous man is effective is the other way of saying that. A fiery prayer, like, it's okay to weep and to, to laugh and to cry and to shout. There's a funeral, a very tragic funeral this weekend for Christie's husband, a young man. And there's going to be people wailing and crying. There's going to be people rejoicing because of his relationship with Christ. There's, there's going to be a lot of different emotions. You go to a sports game, there's a lot of different emotions. Well, when they were having live sports. I watched UFC last night, and it's just so weird watching UFC fights without a crowd there. And I'm not even there. It's just like, oh, this is kind of weird. But, like, there's all these things. People can get excited and paint faces and bodies. Again, please keep your clothes on in here. But there's this thing of emotion, and there's this thing of passion. There's this thing of, like, getting after it. I go to the gym, and, like, I love it when Jason's working out there. Like, he's the coach, and he's fun. But when he's working out, he's like, woo! Let's get it. I, I love that. Like me, I'm not usually like that, but I, I love that. And sometimes I'm like, all right, we're almost there, like one minute left. Let's do this. There's all these areas where we have passion. You have permission to have passion and excitement through the body of Christ in church and in your relationship with him. Every once in a while, I'll just be driving down the road. I'll be by myself. I love you, Jesus. Woo! I do that stuff. I get overcome with emotion. It's okay. It's not, it's not my emotion. It's the emotion. Like, God put that in you. He put creativity in you. He put imagination in you. He put these things. All right, back off the sidetrack here. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. That's what church should look like. It should look so fun and so inviting. And there's so much fellowship and so much goodness that people are being added. Why? Because what the church has, the world needs, and they want it because it looks like Jesus and it looks great. It looks like unity. It looks like love. It looks like you've got each other's backs. It looks like, yep, yeah, I'm going I'm to fight for them. I'm going to swing the sword of intercession for that person. I'm going to pray for them when they can't, they don't, or they won't know how. Like, that's, that's what intercession is, and that's the family of God getting each other's backs and, and really having fellowship, breaking bread. Okay, 1 Corinthians 12. I want to talk about the spiritual gifts. Next week, I'm going to wrap this up and talk about grace gifts and the fruits of the Spirit. How many believe, like, if, if you're living a life with Holy Spirit in you, it should look like something? And that something is good, like love and self-control and patience and kindness, right? It should look like something. So, uh, but today I want to focus on 1 Corinthians 12. I'm just going to read them. They're there for you. And I'm going to fast forward through some of this because I want to get into specifically what baptism of the Holy Spirit is and tongues because tongues is one of the least talked about things and one of the most powerful tools that we get invited into relationship with God with. 1 Corinthians 12. There are uh, these gifts, words of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, words, works of miracles, 
prophecy, discerning of spirits, different tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. Okay, these are the spiritual gifts, gifts given by the Spirit. Grace gifts in Romans were given by the Father, all right? And then Jesus gave these offices or these, these abilities to, to minister in these different versions called the fivefold, okay? But these are the gifts of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit gives these gifts. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, works of miracles. Does, does this sound appealing to anybody? Like, like Peter, when he walking down the street one time, he was so full of Holy Spirit that even somebody was healed in his shadow. As he walked, somebody was healed in his shadow. Now, now that's fullness of the Holy Spirit, amen? Why can't that still happen? How many believe that could and should still be happening? If Holy Spirit's in us, this did not stop because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you look at the timeline, as you go through Paul's letters and the timeline, these things did not stop just after the disciples or apostles left the earth. It did not happen. They continued through time. So then uh, prophecy, discerning of spirits, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues. I'm not going to define each of them. Uh, I've read incredible books. There's resources out there. And there's, but here's the deal. Uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, it says, earnestly desire, seek after these gifts, all of the gifts, the great gifts. It says, seek after them. So what that means is, in the interpretation, it says, actually earnestly desire and seek after all of them. Go after all of them. How many want all the gifts? Like, if I'm at Christmas and all those gifts are under there, I'm like, okay, all those gifts, they have my name on them. Let's just say they have all of your name. It's all your gifts in your name. Now, how many's going to want to just stop at, like, two or three? Like, nah, I'll just, somebody else can have the others. I mean, we would do that out of generosity and giving, but, like, they're your gifts. They bought it for you. Somebody would be offended if you didn't take that gift, Right? Jesus has given us these gifts. They're free for the taking. And just because you take this one doesn't mean there's not more for somebody else. They're for all flesh, all people. And they never cease. They never stop. And there's not like a shortage. All right? God is God. He's amazing. He created the entire universe. So then we get to 1 Corinthians 14. I want to spend just a little time here. I'm, I'm minus time, but are you okay with this? I said it five minutes shorter than normal, so I'm still good. Okay. I was like, I, I think I can do this shorter today. It's not happening. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14. There's a lot I was going to read here. And um, let me see the notes and the takeaways. I, I'm going to for the sake of clarity. 1 Corinthians 14, let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Again, you should desire the gifts. Especially prophecy. Now, now Paul is speaking to a church that had been overemphasizing tongues and some other gifts. So he's emphasizing now prophecy. Say, hey, focus on this one. And here's why. And this is distinguishing between tongues. Okay, there is a tongues that is um, that is certainly for public exhortation, and there is uh, tongues for personal edification. Okay, this is biblical, and here's where there's some clarity on the difference between public tongues to lift you up, to speak a word, to encourage you, to speak something from heaven to you, and then there's a tongues that's personal edification, that's a prayer language. Oftentimes, the sign of an infilling of the Holy Spirit. 
okay? And five times in Paul's letters, five times, um, tongues were used as the first sign of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Three, it actually said it. Two, it was referenced and inferred that tongues, uh, they spoke in other tongues. So here we go. It says, desire the ability uh, to give, especially prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, these things aren't some weird, kooky thing. These are by the power of the Holy Spirit. But it will be a mis- but it will be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. That is the definition of prophecy to believers. And it says, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. It's talking one who prays in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who prophesies, now you get to understand. It goes in to clarify a little bit more. Verse 5, I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy, for prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you're saying, that way the whole church can be strengthened. Now it's saying now there's a, the, the public exhortation of tongues, and you won't understand it unless it's interpreted, so you might as well just prophesy so we all understand. So now he's distinguished between two, a prayer to where only God understands, and now the gift of tongues, which now are for the people with interpretation. There are many different languages in the world, and every language has meaning, but if I don't understand a language, I will be a foreigner to someone who speaks it, and he who speaks it will be a foreigner uh, to me. Verse 12, and the same is true for you. Since you are so eager to have the special abilities that the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. Holy Spirit upon me is for others. Holy Spirit in me is for me. Verse 15, Well then, what shall I do? Now here's what Paul says. I'm going to pray in the Spirit, and I will pray in words. I will sing in the Spirit, and I will sing in words. I will pray in the Spirit for my self-edification, and I will will sing in a language and pray in 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 a common language for you to be strengthened. We go to verse 18. I thank God. Now here's Paul. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. Because again, they're emphasizing it. And he's saying, no, this, it's good, but it's not the only gift. It's not the only thing out there. And then verse 19, but in the church meeting, in a public setting, I would rather speak five ununderstandable words to help others than 10,000 words of an unknown language when to an audience. Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. It is written in the scriptures. I will speak to my own people through strange languages and through the lips of foreigners. But even then, they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So you see, the speaking in tongues is a sign, not for believers, but unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. So we go into this clarity of There is a prayer language tongues. There is a sign of the Holy Spirit filling you up so much. It's an infilling of the Holy Ghost. That is a sign of a prayer language. Then there is the gift of tongues that's for public exhortation. Are are we clear on the two different things? So let me ask you some questions here. If I'm speaking to God in a prayer language, in an unknown language, and my audience is God, we are having this language that says that only He understands. No one else, even the devil, can't understand it. It's this powerful tool that even the devil can't understand these mysteries, only God. Does God need your interpretation of what we've got going on here? No. Now, let me just be really clear on that. God does not need your interpretation. Now, if I'm speaking in tongues or somebody rises up in that gift and publicly begins to speak in tongues to the audience and addresses the church, does that need interpretation? Yes. Yes. 
somebody in here would have likely been given that gift of interpretation, maybe that person, um, him or herself as well, to give the, the interpretation of that tongue. Now, this gets really weird if you're from churches that have never experienced this, witnessed this, or been a part of this. Why? Because it doesn't happen often, and when it happens, you really don't know what's going on until the interpretation happens. I've also been in churches where maybe the person who had the gift of interpretation didn't have the courage or the, the ability or, or even know that was them. I've been in those moments, and then it gets really awkward when somebody's speaking in tongues to a congregation and no one interprets. You're like, that was weird. Somebody is usually given that gift or that person themselves to interpret that. But let me just be very clear on this part. If it's a prayer language, which sometimes in worship or sometimes in a prayer area, it may be overheard, but where's the audience? It's to God. That does not need interpreted. All right? But if it's so loud and it's addressing the, 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 the audience or the communication audience that it's being addressed to is the congregation or a person, that needs interpreted. There's a difference of tongues. So let me, let me just close, okay? Uh, the band can come. So Matthew 3.11 talks about, as well as John 1.33, the purpose of the power receiving the baptism of spirit. And even Matthew 3.11 says, you know, John the Baptist baptized for, for repentance, but I'm going to baptize. Holy Spirit's going to baptize for, in spirit and fire, okay? Then we get to um, Ephesians 5.18. It says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. The original Greek word for filled with the Holy Spirit there is a present, also all um, future tense word. It's meaning now and forever, continually being filled with Holy Spirit. It's not like, man, I had a great encounter last week. I mean, I had such a love encounter with the Lord last week. He filled my heart so much. Okay, I, don't, I can't live on that for the next 20 years. I need fresh infilling on a continual basis. Just like the Israelites couldn't live on yesterday's bread and manna, they needed continual bread every day. We need this realm with Holy Spirit that it is a lifestyle with Him, and it's a continual infilling. A lot of times we, we, we work in these realms or I've been a part of churches where, yep, one and done, you're good, you're good. Like, I don't want my relationship with Christ to be summarized in one encounter. I, just like my wife, I don't, I don't want our relationship to be defined only by our wedding day. Like, we're in this beautiful relationship with intimacy and courting and, and getting to know each other and laughing together and having fun together and arguing and fighting. Oh, wait. Yeah, we do that. We're human. We, we do have disagreements occasionally. Uh -oh. Little tiny ones once in a while. <laughs> no, like we, if you were on our live stream, uh, our Facebook Live Wednesday, we're like, we've talked about people in general like Sundays are sometimes like getting to church is sometimes like going, walking through hell. Or like Psalms 23, the shadow of death. Like just to get there and not be in a fight with my spouse or try to get the kids ready and not yell at them to try to get here. And it's like Wednesday nights for the Facebook Live, that's been our world like 30 minutes leading up to the live every single week. Like third, uh, Wednesday nights. I mean, Wednesday night, it wasn't working. I'm behind the screen. She's trying to get Instagram. I was like, it's not working. You know, I'm doing one of those numbers and that's what you don't see. That's the click Insta version of Nicole and Aaron. Oh, we look great. Everything's amazing. How many know those people in your world? Like, you know their life is worse than that. You know occasionally they don't have makeup on. You know they live a life where everything's not always perfect. Well, this is, this is a thing with Holy Spirit is like, it's a continual thing to where I get to develop this gift. I get to develop this intimacy. I get to grow closer to the Lord through this process of, of courtship and intimacy and, and just communion and fellowship with the Lord. 
It's the same thing with those gifts. The more I use prophecy, the more accurate and the more effective I get. Same thing with the prayer language. The more I use it, you get better in a language, and a language is between you and God. Every language in here would sound different. I've heard all kinds of different tongues, but that language is developed, and we have to open our mouth and actually shout out and like actually use the language. It's a powerful tool of intercession. It's a powerful tool of warfare. When Christ is saying, put on your whole armor, one of those armors is these gifts that we get to use. I get to use a gift of faith, a gift of healing. But let me just tell you, we can't overemphasize one gift more than the other. We have to know the setting. We have to know, like, this gift is for this room right now. Or this gift is for me right now. The Bible often talks about the greatest gift is love. And, and all of these gifts, every single one of them, should have a root of love. The gift of tongues for yourself and prayer language, that is a gift of love for you and the Lord to have communion together, for you to have a tool. The gift of prophecy is to love and to highlight in a person what heaven's seeing that they may not be seeing in themselves or a situation. These are all love gifts. And if we, if we make it a tool or, or a, a salvation measurement tool or, or the a measuring stick of effectiveness, then it's not a love gift anymore. This was given to you to, to be edified yourself on some areas, but also to edify and, and comfort and uplift others. Let me, let me finish with this. Actually, I already used everything. <laughs> I'm like, closing. 1 Corinthians 12, 31 and 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Desire them all. I already said it. So here's the deal. Um, we're like, man, how do we really go after this? And I, can I just tell some stories real quick? Some of them are really weird and colorful. So we, I grew up in a, in a, in a realm which uh, we tarried and we begged and we sought after in such a way that you felt so insignificant when you didn't receive the gift you were asking for. And my dad and I, we would get in so many arguments. I became a believer. I started to search these out to figure out if they were real. I tried to prove to him that they weren't real. And we'd get into these, remember those big fights? One time I left the church so mad, I walked around the block and I was like, I'm done, I'm quitting. I don't want to serve under him anymore. He doesn't believe like I do believe. And then the Lord began to reveal things and I began to soften my heart and actually be honoring to my dad and that was actually way more effective. Just a, just a tip. Like if you're having an issue with a manager or like a family member, just honor them and maybe submit and allow the Lord to work some things out and it's amazing how you get connected that way. So we would just have these fights. I was like, tongues is not this, tongues is this and your baptism is this, you know. We might as well just, just wash each other's car instead of wash each other's feet. It's all symbolism. It's just serving one another. Today our mode of transportation is cars, not feet. That's that real argument there. Let's just wash each other's cars. Like, true argument. And uh, do you remember that one? <laughs> and some of them are really bad. So I was this adolescent believer coming into leadership, and I was like that rebellious teenager, but like I had giftings, and I knew I did, and like he's trying to like nurture me along, but I was like unruly and just really dishonoring. So anyway, so we started like just really pressing in, and, and dad and I would be, be kind of like, well, let's search this out. And we, Pastor Mike Kinson was a huge part of that, of a church in Indiana, and just began to mentor us through some of this process and some of our differences. And I just remember like as we started to present this in such a different way, instead of saying, you, you have to speak in tongues, it's a requirement, and, and all this, he's like, let's just offer it. Baptisms, water baptism, same way. Water baptisms, sp uh, baptism of spirit. Let's just, let's just invite people to do it. 
You know, we, we didn't really change language and how we do a few of the things. We just made it an opportunity, and all of a sudden, more people started getting baptized. More people started getting saved. More people started accepting their heart. Why? Because we weren't condemning them and measuring how bad they were. We were actually highlighting how amazing they are by the Father and offering this opportunity to grow closer to the Lord. So the same thing with gifts. We're like, well, let's just, let's just try to heal some people. Let's just start praying for people who are sick and who have bad issues. And then, boom, we start seeing healings. Like, oh, wow, let's, let's do the same thing with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Let's just say, if you want it, just ask for it. That's it. And like we'd be in worship service and we just say, Stan, just if you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just begin to ask the Lord right now and begin to sing out. And if you hear something different, just begin to sing whatever you hear right now. And all of a sudden, people being baptized in the Spirit and started singing in other languages. And we're like, wow, this is amazing. And we started astronomically seeing multiplication in these gift areas and in these realms way more than we ever did in the old version of which we presented it. And now we're seeing way more baptisms, way more baptism of spirit, and way more spiritual giftings being poured out by just offering it as a love gift that's intimacy and closeness with the Lord to edify yourself or others. And that's all we're going to do today. So we're like, man, with social distancing, maybe people aren't comfortable laying hands, or maybe we could do like a tunnel and have people walk through. We're like, you know what? I was in this service once, Reinhard Bunke, if you've never heard of him, amazing evangelist that you should know about. He has seen more people led to the Lord in the world than any other evangelist in history. Reinhard Bunke is his name. Mostly, most of his work was in Africa. And he wrote a, a biography that's about this thick. And it's amazing and you should read it. And uh, it's awesome. So, so anyway, this, this, I was at a, a, a ministry once and we began to just kind of like use our youth group as, a, as guinea pigs in a test group. We're like, let's just see. Let's just see what happens. And we just begin to say, if you want Holy Spirit, if you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just ask him. And we weren't seeing like a ton of stuff in the services. There was only a few of us meeting at the time, but we began to hear these stories. We began to hear stories as um, uh, one of the kids, he was in, in his bed, in his bedroom one night. He's like, all right, God, I don't understand this thing, but if it's real, just give it to me. Boom, gets laid out in Holy Spirit, starts speaking in another language, receives the baptism of Holy Spirit, and was like, it was the most amazing gift. It was the most amazing thing. Here, I was like, like stressing and like getting frustrated. I wasn't getting it, and then I was just laying, I said, okay, if you want to give it to me, just give it to me. Another kid was in the bathroom, using the bathroom. This gentleman was sitting down using the restroom. Let me put that in perspective for you. Was this one Michael or Tim? I forget. Do you remember? One of these or one story, one's the other. All right, and uh, he's like, God, I want that gift. Give it to me. Boom, hits the floor in the bathrooms. <laughs> So I'm, I'm just saying that, like, the Lord wants to give these gifts. I said they were really weird stories. They are. The Lord wants to give these gifts. So whether you're in this room or you're in a living room or whatever, like, he wants to pour out these gifts. Not just one of them, all of them. He says, seek after the gifts, all of them, earnestly desire. And I know that the word says anything you ask in his name, he'll give you. Anything you ask in his name, he'll give. Those who seek him, he says he won't withhold anything for those who seek him. That's just, that's just Bible. All I'm doing today is presenting a Bible. I'm presenting the Word, and I'm presenting an opportunity for maybe you to experience something you haven't experienced before that draws you close to the Lord to edify yourself or others. That's it. That's, that's the summary of the gifts. So why don't you stand with me? Actually, no, don't stand. Don't stand. I forgot what I was going to do. Reinhard Bunke. I was in a meeting once, okay? I'm, I promise you I'm in my last three minutes here. Reinhard Bunke. We're in this meeting. 10,000 youth are there. 
he talks about his story, talks about ministering Africa, shows this, this amazing video, and it flashes all these screenshots of like five-second videos of 1.2 million in Nigeria giving their lives to Jesus, 4.7 million in Ethiopia giving their hearts to Jesus, and all of these things. And like, we're already like crying and like seeing that, that moving film of how many millions were giving their hearts. One of the meetings he had 11 million. And then he starts to tell this story, and then he tells about a story where he went in to visit his uncle, and his uncle told him about uh, the gift and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he's like, yeah, I want that. Receives it next to the hospital bed or some story like that uh, with Reinhard Bunke. So then he just very, very gently says, if anybody, he's, uh, I believe he was German uh, by, na by roots. So he's German. In his accent, which I can't do and I'm not gonna embarrass myself, in his accent, he says, if anybody would like the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just stand. And that was it. And we had a few kids from our youth group stand. And he's like, I'm just going to pray. Jesus, Holy Spirit, come. Give them the baptism of the Holy Spirit. <sighs> Place lit up. It was literally <laughs> like the fresh wind that the day of Pentecost references. And through that realm, and through that room, all of a sudden, Holy Spirit was activating and encountering people and filling people and outpouring Himself upon everybody in that room. And I, and I would say at least, uh, I would say at, if not at least close to 100% of every kid that stood in that room received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just like that. So today's invitation, we're gonna do it the same. And I know you might be home watching through live stream still and we don't have kids ministry, so there's a lot less people here than normal. But wherever you are, and if you're here, and you want a fresh infilling of Holy Spirit, we're just gonna ask you to stand in a moment. If that's for the first time, if that's another infilling, if that's, if that's more, if that's a special gift, maybe you desire and you want one of these gifts, the gift of prophecy, the gift of faith, the gift of the interpretation of tongues, or tongues, or word of knowledge, or word of wisdom, we're just gonna ask you to stand. And I just believe the Lord's gonna do this. And as you begin to feel something in your body, and as you begin to feel power come in, or a joy, or, or however else the Lord decides to manifest in you today, just begin to, to sing or speak out whatever you begin to hear. It may not be what you're used to. It may not be in English, and that, that's okay. Oftentimes the initial sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in a prayer or another or a different language. So if this is the case for you, just begin to exercise that, begin to release that. So we're just gonna lead you into that prayer and we're just gonna ask you to just hold out your hands. Here's how good the Father is. We don't have to tarry, we're not going to beg, we're simply going to ask. And just like receiving a gift, that's why your hands are out like receiving a gift. However he pleases and however he wishes, which he desires to give you the fullness, he's just gonna give you that gift. And as you begin to feel something, just begin to cry out, begin to speak out, begin to sing out, however you, you feel. So Lord, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you give us the gift that we desire. Fill us, I pray right now, just like the day of Pentecost, that you will fill us and that a mighty rushing wind will come in and we'll begin to speak in other languages that is the common language of love that heaven understands. Come in like a wind, let flames of fire rest on our head. And Lord, come in to let us feel you. Yep. So just begin to ask, begin to ask him in your own way, just for the gift that you desire. If you want the gift of healing, ask for the gift of healing. If you want the gift of, of words of knowledge, ask for that gift. If you want the baptism of Holy Spirit that He promises, 
not just baptism for repentance, but baptism for power and fire, just begin to ask. And if that's what you're asking for, just begin to, to sing or cry out or begin to, to begin to thank Him. And as your language begins to change, just go with that. So right now, just, just begin that. that. Just, just receive it. It's a gift. It's, it's just received. It's not something you beg for. You don't have to work. You don't have to try to form your language. Just begin right now. Just begin to speak out. And maybe what you might hear or think is an unknown tongue. Yes, Lord, for an outpouring, an infilling right now of Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, come. We thank you in Jesus' name for the, for the personal edification gifts and also for the exhortation of others, Jesus.